I'm very excited to introduce you to someone I've known for over 25 years. Is this me? Is this me now? This is the introduction. This is it. Okay. I don't feel that old. Do you? Yeah, some days. It depends. (laughs) Rob Marish is one of my dearest friends. My brother from another mother. He's an extraordinarily talented DP, director, producer, magic maker, musician, surfer. And anyone who knows him will tell you he's an all-around crazy effing guy. I hope you enjoy our time as much as I will. Welcome, Rob Marish. Wow, that is... Thank you for being here today. Quite the introduction. Thank you very much. And I feel that you are a great friend as well. It's true. I always have thought of you as, as my little brother. Yes, and I've always a little bit of a mischief maker, which I really enjoy about you. I'm so I really am so happy that you're here and and really excited about this. Um, So we first met at Banyan. You were a PA, right? I was a PA on Travelers, uh, which they were producing, as well as uh, one of the early ones was On the Inside, I think. It was it. a celebrity interview show. Exactly. That's the one I think I met you, you yeah. were working on. I yeah. was very fortunate that um, the, I guess, Gene McHale Waite was the director of development or the executive producer on a couple shows, and I was her lawn guy in college. And I uh, had made a chauvinistic remark to her, <laughs> which made her remember me very well. And she still gave me an opportunity to uh, <laughs> to come in and work uh, for what free. What did you say exactly? So she yeah. was wearing a Channel 10 shirt. And I had been talking to her about something. And I said something like, oh, does your husband work for Channel 10? And she's <laughs> like, no, D-bag. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did. Um and I was like, I'd like to, I'd like to work in television. And uh, you have, you be careful what you ask for. Did you stalk her and know she was in the business, and and that's why you wanted to mow her? <laughs> no, no, completely random. Just was a complete. Is, so no. it was just a a fortunate event in my life, which I have tons of them. So if yes. There's tons of great opportunity if you're looking for them. <laughs> Absolutely, it's all about energy, isn't it? Sure is. It's uh, what you attract, what you focus on. Um, that is that is a funny story. Whatever got you into this business? I know you went to Cabrini College, right? Yeah. You don't often hear about as being like a school where people go for production, and they do have a, a fairly nice program. My parents let me play with their video camera as a kid. Mm-hmm. I had a group of friends that were all a bunch of derelicts and we used to make stupid home movies and do a lot of dumb shit. And, you know, we rode skateboards and BMX bikes and played in bands and my parents just let us have the video camera and we did a lot of cool stuff. And I was like, I want to work in TV, but I had no idea what that even meant. So I also got lucky in high school that um, KYW had a program where um, they had high school students come in and record their own um, news segments. So I went to KYW for a little bit and did some stuff there. And then I was an intern at WCAU Channel 10 as well. So I did work at the news desk in high school um, because I just knew I was in. And weirdly, these opportunities kept popping up and I just kept taking them. 
luckily when I was there, I had looked at Temple and looked at all these other schools, but I saw Cabrini and they had a great little tiny communications program. But um, Kathy Youngman was uh, the one running it at the time. And she had a really good setup there with a multi-cam studio. They just got a bunch of gear. And when I had looked at it, I was like, holy crap, they have all this new stuff. And the program was so small that I'm like, I'll get a lot more hands-on time if I went to a smaller school, which I did. That's that's really nice to put out there too, because people don't know that about Cabrini. Yes. Um, and, and I know we did a project for a, um, like an overnight camp that, that had their camps at Cabrini. And I was really, really pleasantly surprised to walk in there and see they have a lot of, you know, state-of-the-art equipment in there for these kids to learn on. Yes. But it's also, which we tell interns when I work with them, it is kind of what you make it though. And I was very aggressive. So circling. You? Aggressive? (laughs) Seriously? (laughs) I love that. I love that. Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh, wait, you have laughs? I have this too, if you want more laughs. <laughs> hey! Laugh track! Hey! <laughs> um, oh my god, that's hysterical. Wait, that was living in my garage for a while, that, that rabbit head. Okay, so, Cabrini, yes, it yes. is what you make of it. You definitely need to make it your own. You have to take it by the balls and do something with it. And Kathy Youngman, actually, it's funny. That is the one bit of advice she gave that always stuck in my head. She's like, there's going to be somebody who's younger, faster, cheaper, smarter, uh, better than you. So you have to be the best. If you're going to do it, you got to be the best or the most unique. Uh, You have to stand out in the crowd. That is 100% sure. One of the guys I had been going to school with was a year or two older than I was. And Gary graduated before I did. And he started working on the show Medical Detectives. And Medical Detectives, which I can't believe is actually still on air as the Forensic Files. And it kind of spawned all these medical shows. Um, Gary got me in there as a PA early on. And the the production manager um, let me do kind of whatever I needed to do to get the job done. So we were doing all the recreations for crimes. So I would get stacks of crime scene photos and I would have to make these sets and prop them out. Um, And then I, because I I had a little construction experience, I would build the sets because they had a basement there. And then they started letting me AD. Um, And we just learned a lot from working on that for years and then what had happened was uh, I made a couple great connections. Mike Perlman was the uh, director of photography there. Uh, he had just bought all of his own equipment, and I took care of it meticulously to the point that he started requesting me to go on jobs. That was number one. And then at Medical Detectives, Anil Srivatsa, the PM, he uh, just kept hiring me because he I could just do so much stuff that he was like, oh, you're just a problem solver. Um, Absolutely. You are a problem solver. You, I always refer to you and your business partners, which one of them is my husband, Daryl Road. But I always speak of you guys as sort of uh, the MacGyvers, not to use, <laughs> I use that term uh, you know, interchangeably sometimes, but, uh, for those of you who don't know what MacGyver is, it was an old TV show and the guy was sort of a jack of all trades. He could do anything. That, that makes sense to me, Rob, that that's how you, you broke into the business. When I first met you, uh, and you were doing PA work, I, 
you know, adored you from the minute I met you because you're such a crazy guy. And uh, I know that one of your sort of burning desires at that point was to be a shooter. You wanted to be a cameraman, director of photography, and you were having a little bit of an issue kind of, you were pigeonholed a little bit. So I remember you really wanting to go out as second camera on a wedding story. And I went to the powers that be and I said, you know, give this kid a shot. Let him go out on my shoot with me. It's all good. I think he's going to be great. And sort of you were beyond great. I mean, everyone wanted to work with Rob. We went on some crazy wedding story shoots. We were on a shoot in Fort Lauderdale. And you had to go to like Vero Beach to shoot some B-roll of these um, lifeguards who were getting married. And then we were going to do their wedding in at, at a castle in Leeds, Leeds Castle in, in the UK. So we were in Florida. We were in Fort Lauderdale. I distinctly remember we were in the sleaziest hotel right near like 95. Do you remember that? If you looked yeah. out the window, it was like, oh my God, it was, it was awful. To the point where I, my room was infested with cockroaches. Do you remember this, Rob? Yes, I do. Okay. So I called down, I'm like freaking out. And then, and they're like, well, we're going to send somebody up. And you had called me because we were going to talk about the Vero Beach shoot. And you're like, let me come up. I'll keep you company. I'll make sure <laughs> none, none of these roaches attack you. I just remember you came up, you were sitting on my bed, like against the pillow, against the wall. And I was sitting at the end of the bed. Correct me if I'm wrong. He thought it would be funny to take the pen cap off of those stupid pens that they give you in the room. And he flicked it at me and he's like, oh my God, here's a roach or something. <laughs> I went flying backwards, if yes. you recall. And I slammed my head on the dresser and the look on your face was priceless because I've never seen you scared about it. I thought you got hurt. I thought you, you were really thought, hurt. And you also thought I was going to freak out at you. And you're <laughs> like, are you okay? You're like, you're like terrified. And I sit up and I just am laughing hysterically. You're like, oh my God, I thought you were going to kill me. But that was, you know, you always brought some shenanigans to the to the table. Uh, another story I remember is not one that I was there with, but I know that you had gone to a restaurant. You were with Dawn, you were with Daryl and Michael Kime, who was doing audio. Mm -hmm. And you, you guys decided that you were going to uh, play. You were going to put on a little show for everyone. And you basically pretended that you were lovers or together and started like having this huge fight in the restaurant. Yes. Did you get thrown out of that restaurant? I think we talked them out of throwing us out, but it was close. Yeah, we would, that was kind of the fun of being on the road. I mean, a lot of the shows that we were doing because they were a little bit popular, you sometimes were accepted in a city quickly or somebody's like, Oh, this is what you're doing here. That's great. And you know, it was like, uh, you're traveling, you're on the road with a group of people, like a circus almost. So. Oh we, yeah. Circus is a good word. Yeah. Actually. We would, we would we have a lot of, we would work hard and play hard for sure. We, we, we certainly did. We have developed relationships with so many people that we've worked with along the way. And that's one of the things I want to really focus on with you because you're one of the 
best schmoozer networker people <laughs> that I've ever met. You develop relationships and maintain them in a way that I don't know how you keep up with it because it's like everybody knows who Rob Marish is and you've worked on a gazillion shows. Everybody wants to work with you. How are you able to create those, not just create the relationships, have the balls like you did with Gene just to walk up to somebody and introduce yourself. I mean, that is a skill or it's just sort of an innate, you know, personality trait that you have. How has that helped you further your career and just sort of even as, uh, you know, one of the owners of Keystone Pictures, how has that helped all of you uh, along the way? Yeah, I mean, it's a relationship based, a relationship based business. Um, Everybody jokes, oh, it's who you know. It is who you know. And I think I realized that early on. Um, I think because I'm authentic and real, like, (laughs) I'll kiss your ass, but I'll also kick your ass and tell you how it is. Like I try and be truthful. Um, Always try and help as opposed to uh, being like, this is my job. This is what I'm doing. It's like, hey, we're all in this together. What can we do to get this done? Uh, How can we work harder to get out of here and enjoy our time together? Uh, Because a lot of people, I think, get caught up with like, hey, this is work. And then you're on set, you punch a clock and I'm going home as opposed to being like, hey, let's hang out. Let's enjoy what we're doing. Let's enjoy this time. Um, In terms of the people, like I said, the relationships, it's an amazing web that gets weaved. And all those experiences are really, really amazing Um, to say I was cutting this person's lawn, which led me here. And then... The weird bridge of that from being over at Medical Detectives was Denise Cramsey had actually was working there and then wound up working for Banyan. And then she gave me the big shot to uh, make Keystone be the gear provider and crew provider for Trading Spaces, which kind of lost launched our company. Um, I'd met your husband, Daryl, my business, one of my business partners there, Andy Obeck, one of my other business partners there. And Banyan, you know, in its heyday wound up blossoming to having a couple hundred people working there. Um, And then ultimately, as they sort of started to fizzle, all those people that we worked with on, I don't even know the number, 40 to 50 different series. Yes. Thousands of episodes of television or days of production that they all sort of started going around the country. And that was really cool to be like, oh, my gosh, so-and-so wound up in L.A. And they would call and say, oh, do you mind coming to here and we'll do a shoot together and somebody else is in Florida and New York and that network of people uh, for that chunk of time is priceless. When you talk about our relationships, if you think about it, all of us, well, I can't say all, but I would say an enormous amount of people who graduated from Banyan are still friends. Oh yeah! You know, in the beginning of the pandemic, we set up that that um, Zoom just on a on a whim, like, "Hey, let's just do a reunion." And I mean, we had so many people. We were on Zoom, I think, for like four or five hours. <laughs> it was a long time. I mean, it's kind of you know, television is a little bit of a battlefield. So you've mm-hmm. gone to battle with these people. You've spent a lot of time with these people: nights, weekends, holidays, uh, airports. Um, you know. 
drinking after work or up early for breakfast together and they become your family. Do you see our lifestyle, especially working on a reality TV show, do you see it as a trade-off or a sacrifice? Um, Because you would go away, let's just say, for instance, you have been the DP and director on many reality TV shows and have gone on the road and been away from home for what, three, four, five months at a time, maybe coming home for a couple days or flying your family to see you. Like, you know, is it both a trade-off and a sacrifice? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I try not to look at it with a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. It's a lifestyle. And uh, I don't think your your kids don't know the difference because that just is the reality of it. Right. Uh, your friends and family know the difference for sure that it just is kind of what it is. But it also comes with a lot of cool perks, you know, that you do get to travel and you do get to see the world in a different way. And sometimes it's like you said, hey, let's go to England for this shoot. And then stay a couple days in this castle and hang out because you have the access to it or uh, wherever. I mean, name name a location. You know, we've covered. I think the only place, only continent haven't been yet is Antarctica. You've been to so many places. Some have been totally fascinating to me. So Cuba is one of them. Yeah, you had done a shoot in Cuba, and I was just I've always wanted to go there. Tell me a little bit about that experience. Did you have an issue getting in and out of Cuba? Did you have to have a fixer? Um, were there any moments where you were, you know, worried about your safety or the gear safety or anything like that? Um, I was not worried at all. We had a pretty amazing team. We were doing a project for PBS um, where it was uh, basically a concert, I guess is the best way to put it, where... Um, The band The Mavericks was kind of the headliner. Uh, The team was from a bunch of music television producers based out of Nashville. Most of the crew was based out of Nashville. One of the the director, uh, Randy Hale, from there, uh, Mm -hmm. he put together a pretty good team. I think it wound up being a crew of like 50 or 60 people. We put a concert on in the middle of the jungle, (laughs) this abandoned place. Uh, We did have a fixer. Uh, It was a little sketchy in terms of, um, you know, why you just have to sort of be in that experience. If you've traveled internationally with the TV crew to know that you're trying to do everything by the book, because if you don't, you get stuck a little bit, but you also have to be slick enough and greasy enough that when the guy's like, grab your camera and let's go now that you just go, okay. And you don't ask any questions and you, you go off, put your head down and go. Yeah. You talk about, you know, just staying centered and positive and focused and keeping a good attitude. You pretty much have this never say no attitude about everything. If somebody asks you something, absolutely. Sure, we can do that. I I really rarely hear you say no. So how do you stay clear on your why? And, you know, I'm channeling a little bit of my Tony Robbins stuff, but how do you stay clear on your why and what you want out of life and developing all these things and, you know, keeping that positive attitude because that all rubs off onto the people who are around you, you know, as well as I do, when you work with someone who's difficult, difficult director, difficult talent, 
the, the, the air in the room is just different. But when Rob Marish walks into the room, it's like the fog lifts, the air. My, it, my, it, my ego. You're my ego. I'm sorry. I mean, you know, you're a jerk. What can I say? Um, I can be. You're, you're not a jerk. Um, anybody can be a jerk. Listen, um, there's lots of stories of me being bitchy or whatever. But the bottom line is you seem to be able to maintain this, again, never say no attitude and positivity. How do you do it? Uh, that's a great question. I could probably, I'm going to probably bounce around with it. Um, I think the easiest way to start was when I was 13, I had a younger brother who had uh, died and I had a lot of death early on in my life. And I think it shaped me to realize at a young age, holy shit, this could all end really fast, uh, from a sibling to my parents each had siblings pass away. They had best friends pass away. My grandfather's like, it was like death, 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 which could be really depressing. Luckily, I sort of was able to take it and I'm assuming turn it into a positive just for myself as a drive to be like, hey, life is short. You know, you should live. Um, number two, circling back to Cabrini College. Um, I was in an improv troupe for years and I loved improv. I loved all the exercises we would do. One of the staples of improv is yes. And, uh, the idea of you take a suggestion when you're on stage, you're out there by yourself and one other person or whoever, and you have to accept their suggestion, which would be the yes. But in order to proceed, you need the and, um, so you accept something and you push it forward, you progress. And it's a good metaphor, I think for life. To be like, yeah, let's roll with it and let's take it up a notch. Um, I love Mind Feed as well. Um, Tony Robbins, you mentioned, uh, I was a pretty good student in high school. My dad got me this class where there's a will, there's an A. I don't know if you remember this program or not. No, I never um, heard of it. I was pretty good. And my dad said to me, he goes, well, if you're already a great student, what would happen if you took a class for bad students could you even push yourself higher? And that's how I sort of got introduced to mind feed. And then I did. And then I started the whole Tony Robbins, Wayne Dyer stuff. And, you know, you have to take some of it with a grain of salt, I guess. Right. Um, but I still, to this day, listen to it. Positive affirmations. Um, I also do a lot of yoga. Uh, and that was just more of, I had to do yoga because of my body. This job is physically demanding. Uh, whether you're sitting on an airplane or a car for 15 hours in a day, or you're carrying a camera for 15 hours a day, yeah. you need something to sort of, you know, stretch out and recenter. So that's sort of how I keep it positive. The active positivity just comes from, I think we all have those people that we meet that you feel better when you leave them. And if you realize that it's like, well, shit, maybe I could be that person that when people leave me, they feel better. They feel empowered. They feel like they had a good time or a good laugh. So why not spread it around? Smiles infectious, right? It is. I love that about you. Well, Rob, I'm going to let you go because I know you're busy, but you know how I feel about you. I love you. And I 
just am so proud and so happy to watch you just continue to expand and blossom and and bring us all for the ride. And and I thank you for that. Thank you. I love you too. I love you too. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.